Hello, Spotify. Hello, Apple. Hello, Google. Hello, Stitcher. Hello, TuneIn. And welcome to my last join.com podcast. You know, when I originally um, started doing podcasts, I wasn't really sure what should I use. And then I discovered this thing called Buzzsprout. Now, just to clarify, I don't get paid for this or anything. Like Buzzsprout is not, you know, secretly giving me money for saying this. But if you want to make a podcast or if you're thinking about making a podcast, make sure you go check out Buzzsprout because it's amazing. And I've just realized how amazing it is. I've actually got one account where I upload the episode and then it goes out to all these platforms. And when I mean all, I mean absolutely all of them. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Player, TuneIn. There's some, there's some directories that I didn't even know they exist. It's like a list of like 12 directories. So... If you're thinking about doing a podcast, make sure you check out Buzzsprout. And Buzzsprout, if you do hear that, no problem whatsoever. Just, you know, a shameless little plug in there for you. Anyways, back to today's episode. So today's episode is really good episode, actually, which Annie was recorded about um, two weeks ago. It was with a lady across the pond, which would be United States living from Europe. And we discussed, she she actually made a post in our leaves about um, how uh, using marijuana can affect relationships as well. And we discussed how, um, we discussed her story. She told me her story, how she started using. And then we talked about how it affected her partner as well. And um, yeah, it's a very interesting story. And it's something you'd probably not hear that often because, you know, we, Marijuana tends to affect everyone in a different way, but no one really talks much how it affects um, your significant other or your friends or your family. So I think it's it's important to mention these aspects as well. Um, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I'll pass you over to our interviewee now and we'll see you at the end. Bye for now. Could you take me a little bit back? When did it all start? Um, I started smoking in college for me, I believe I was 20. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the DARE, uh, like drug, oh, I don't even remember what it stands for. But basically when I was a kid growing up in school, we got this programming around drug use that literally portrayed marijuana as something that could kill you. Like, it was so extreme and so silly. Um, and so for the longest time, I was terrified of smoking. I was terrified of even taking a drink of alcohol. Um, and then in college, it got to a point where I think I just saw so many people who I respected and trusted uh, being able to have a pretty casual and what I thought was like healthy relationship with marijuana. Um, that I was like, you know what, they're obviously not dying from taking a hit. Like, I, I could try this. Um, and so right away for me, I think it, I experienced um, like a, a pretty tremendous reduction in anxiety. Um, I've always been kind of an anxious person. Um, and at the beginning, weed allowed me to be like really present in the moment, I think. Like, I enjoyed art and music and movies on a different level. I didn't have this like running... Um, like anxious voice in the back of my mind telling me, oh, I should be studying. I should be 
exercising. I should be doing this, this, this. Um, and so I think that's why it kind of appealed to me so much is that it really allowed me to calm down in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. Um, and I think pretty quickly it started to become more than just a weekend habit for me. Uh, it would be like after class when I'd get home, um, or like after work or things like that. It got it got to daily use pretty quickly, I think. So how, how long did it sort of, how long did it take for you to sort of progress from this occasional smoking to sort of a regular thing? Um, I think it was, man, I think, I think I'd made it through college before it became a daily thing, um, mm -hmm. which is very good, but I think, uh, probably within like six to eight months, it went from being like a fun thing I would do at a party or whatever to, um, to, yeah, like really something I needed to do at the end of my day to calm down and to go to sleep. Okay. Can I ask you, was that sort of the time when you started sort of smoking by yourself or was that later on? Because oh, good question. it's, it's the trend I see. And I think it's, I mean, I'm almost positive that it's the trend with everyone. I mean, everyone that's battling with, with weed and addiction that once it sort of progressed to, um, from social smoking to you smoking by yourself, that's the sort of the trend when, you know, you're going into the dangerous waters. That's why, um, that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah, I think, um, I think that was around six months too. So I graduated college early. Um, and so I felt like sort of, I had this, this time where I wasn't really doing anything. Um, I was working at a restaurant, so it wasn't a very high stress job. Um, and so I think in my mind, I was like, oh, you know what? Like you've earned this, like you can, you can go to work high and no one will notice. Um, it's not a big deal. No one's trusting you with anything super significant. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it was around six months and maybe is when it started to become like using on my own. Um, I was laughing, thinking back, like there was this period of time where I had an eighth of an ounce of weed in my room for like months. And I just, I would only bring it to parties and smoke it with people. Um, and thinking back on that now, I don't know how I was able to do that. Like, I don't know how I was able to have that control of just like, oh, this is just for social use. But yeah, once that switch flipped where it became um, using by myself, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think you're totally right that it kind of took hold then. Can I ask you, when did you sort of notice that, you know, um, weed is affecting you. Um, when did you notice that, hold on a second, that's not something I signed up for? Oh, um, I think that took a while, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I think I, I noticed a lot of what I thought were positive side effects initially, like sort of that being present piece or that relaxation piece. Um, I think I think the biggest thing was that I did start to feel like I needed to smoke after work. And that was the biggest thing that sort of tripped alarm bells in my mind. Um, I, of course, didn't stop smoking then, but that was, um, I think that was probably like four or five years in um, where like, I was looking forward to getting home so I could smoke or I would put a little one hitter uh, in my car so I could smoke, like have a hit right after I was done with work and then go home. Um, yeah, I think, I think that was 
that took a while, but probably four or five years. Four or five years, right? Okay. So you mentioning that you sort of noticed that it wasn't um it wasn't this volunteer thing anymore. You had to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Was it was it affecting you all sort of um for example your work as well? Or was that not some that was that not the case with you? Um I don't think that it was I mean I I think I'm still kind of becoming aware of all of the ways maybe that it was affecting me. I think I think it wasn't I was definitely like groggy or tired in the morning. Um mm-hmm. but I think overall like that's kind of the trap I fell into is I was I was able to, you know, get promotions and be successful at work and get my work done, um, even though I was going home to smoke. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think I, I noticed it starting to affect my ability to be like present at work until pretty recently. And that was a big uh a big sign that I needed to stop actually. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned in the in your post that I, I randomly put down two words, and I think it was um, you mentioned responsible user. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- when do you, when do you think? I mean, at what point do you think you, you sort of had this realization? Okay, maybe this is not as responsible as I thought it was. Uh, I think that was. I think maybe COVID, like being quarantined, sort of opened my eyes to that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think without the structure of I'm leaving my house, I'm going to work, um, I can stop at the gym after that and then go home. Like when I was just home with it all day and it started to really, like there were a lot of days where I'd be so proud of myself for not smoking while I was at work. Which feels kind of sad to me. (laughs) I think being around it constantly, I always had this awareness of like, oh, I would rather just be lying down uh, with a joint right now. Or like, oh, I really just want to like take a hit and then go to this meeting because I know it's going to be a rough meeting. Um, So I think it just being home all day really, it felt like more of a craving that I couldn't set aside or that kept popping up for me. Um, And that completely felt like it crossed the line from like this isn't responsible anymore. This is like I have to actively work at not smoking, um, mm-hmm. which is a really creepy feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, I spoke with a guy from Canada the other day, and he said that he had two jobs. One job was his actual job, and then the other the other job was him smoking in the evening, and he could never quit that job. And oh, it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very good you know representation of what it is. Um. So tying all this, um, actually, there's another thing I wanted to ask you. You mentioned this earlier. So, you 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 mentioned you actually said that you you thought that we had um, we had good. Uh, well, what did you say exactly? I think you you mentioned that we had um, some good effects, or it, it was good for certain things, as in anxiety and stuff like that. But you realize later on that that's not the case. <laughs> What would, knowing now what you didn't know before, what was actually, um, what was actually not true about, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, I think, I think that I had tricked myself into thinking that, um, if I, 
if I was feeling nervous or anxious and then I smoked a little bit and that feeling went away, that I had resolved the issue or that I was managing my anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas really, I think it was just, I was you know, causing chemicals to be released in my brain or whatever it is that made me feel calmer, but it wasn't ever addressing the underlying problems um, or developing any sort of like actual coping skills. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I mean, and this was over pandemic too, but it, it got to a point where my only hobby really was smoking weed. Um, I used to run all the time. I used to hike. I used to kayak. Um, I used to make music and I would do all of those things high and it was a lot more fun maybe, or it, it kind of tricked me into thinking, oh, I have this higher level of consciousness or I'm tapping into extra creativity or whatever. Uh, but I was telling myself, like, you still have a fulfilling life that you can incorporate weed into. Um, and then everything else kind of fell away. And I realized my actual hobby is smoking. My coping skill is smoking. Um, my, yeah, I don't, it just, it became kind of at the forefront of my life in a way that I don't know when exactly it happened, but um, that kind of made me realize this isn't anything that I felt was positive coming from this. I could probably get in another way uh, or I could build a skill in myself instead of just kind of turning my brain off temporarily. Um, yeah. yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, it's crazy though, isn't it? Once, I mean, when you first, like I'll say, when you first sign up for this, when you st first start smoking, you you know, all what you see is this perception of, you know, weed mixing you relaxing and, you know, having this fun and everything. And then four or five years down the line, you realize, well, hold on a second. That's, that's not actually true. I mean, especially with the anxiety, you know, it's always funny when, when I hear people saying, well, weed actually helps my anxiety, but what happens when you don't have weed, your anxiety goes over the roof, doesn't it? It's like, and then it's this endless cycle. And um, yeah, that's that's very huge what you were just saying. So I mean, tying all this, um, you you were saying as well. You mentioned in your post that um, you realized how much um, weed smoking affected your uh, significant other. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um... It's funny, actually, I was talking with him about it last night, and he's like, I'm really proud of you, but also I didn't really mind that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a little bit, it's funny, I mean, um, he's a really patient guy, but mm -hmm. I I think it was just realizing, and I, I've mentioned this in the post, like the amount of time I would spend just by myself holed up in my attic smoking was... Mm -hmm really taking away from my ability or it was taking away from our relationship and then getting high and coming down and hanging out with him like we were kind of doing like parallel activities but we weren't really connecting like we weren't really oh we weren't ever in the same mental space we weren't ever really experiencing things in the same way um and i just really started to think more and more about how isolating that must feel for him um and sort of thinking, I mean, he's a much more patient person than I am in a lot of ways, but I think if I if I were with somebody who had to constantly be high to spend time with me, or if that's how I felt the situation was, I would be really sad. Like I would I would wonder what was wrong with me or was I not enough for them or or things like that. Um 
you know, just thinking back to like, weed's not legal where I am too. So uh, there have been like a lot of vacations we've gone on where I would like run to the car and have a hit and then go hike with him or something like that. But just like, it felt like this compulsion that I had to add this extra layer of, I don't know, sensory experience to things that we were already doing that were really meaningful and fun. Um, and yeah, just like how how it was sort of putting this like, I don't know, this barrier between me and him actually just being together in a genuine way. Um, mm-hmm. There were some times too I noticed uh, where like I just wasn't in the right headspace to talk talk to him or to be with him in the way that I think a partner should be. Like if I were high and he came home and he'd had a really stressful day, there were times where I just couldn't talk with him about it right then because I didn't want to take that feeling on. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like if I'm sober, I think I'm much more able to be like, okay, I, I you have my full attention and I can hear this stuff happening to you or I can I can hear what you've been through without feeling flooded by the feelings that you have. Um, but when I was high, like I just couldn't. Like if he came home anxious, I would be like, I need space from you because I just smoked and I don't want to ruin that, you know? Or like, um, yeah, I think it just, it made it, it made me a lot less present in our life together. And like I said in the post, we've been together for nine years. Like I've smoked that whole time pretty much with some breaks thrown in there. That's such a long time to have with somebody to not fully experience the same stuff together. Like it just, it started to feel like a really, a, a big part of our relationship in a way that um, made me really uncomfortable and, and guilty, kind of. Can I ask you, was, was this, I mean, the whole realization of this, was this now, the last few weeks, or was that earlier on, already during, um, you know, during the time you were sort of planning to quit or when you had this transition period? I think that was over the last few weeks more than mm-hmm. anything else um and i don't i don't feel like there was any one like instance really it was just thinking about cumulatively like over the past few months all of the time i've spent by myself in the attic um <laughs> like oh my god i haven't like we barely hung out or i'd come down and i'd see him for an hour and we'd do something together and then i'd pop back up you know like it was just i think it was I don't know what it was, but it just hit me all of the time that I was devoting to this habit that was completely pulling me away from him. Mm. Crazy. And I can, I mean, I can totally relate, even though in my, I would say, worst, um, worst spirit of smoking, I didn't really have a partner, but, you know, I had a family and I had friends and, you know, um, the amount of friends is just stagnated and my contact with my family, it just went into this downward loop. Whereas, um, you know, I would talk to them on, I don't know, twice or three times a week. And then um, when I would be smoking daily from mornings to evening, it would probably be once a month thing. And um, yeah, it's it's so true what you're saying. You don't really realize that until you sort of take a break from it and look at it from the third perspective, sort of from the outside, um, from the spectator view, if you want, and, you know, you see what actually is happening. And, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, I noticed that too. Like, I I had a lot, a lot less time, it felt like, 
to maintain, you know, friendships from back home or to talk to my parents or to see or talk to people around me too. Um, and it almost, I mean, I almost started to feel like I got some social anxiety toward the end of my heavier use where I didn't really want to talk to anybody <laughs> or someone would call my phone and I would get this wave of panic of like, oh, not now. I don't, <laughs> I really don't want to talk to anybody right now. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And it just like people felt my relationships that are really important to me felt like this obligation that was getting in mm -hmm. the way of my ability to smoke. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was really the other way around. But um, yeah, I get that too. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you how long have you been um, sober now? Um, let me, I think, I mean, it feels silly to say it's been about 18 days since uh, like this, this time around. So that's not great. Hey, thank you. <laughs> what do you really? What do you really? It's it's, it's it's silly to say. Why? <laughs> um, I mean, it's still really new. You know, okay. I, like I want to be clear because I've seen some posts on that subreddit where it's like, I haven't smoked in two days, and here's what everyone needs to do. You know, like I don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I yeah, don't yeah. want to portray myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have any advice, or I think this is settled, <clears throat> or I'm I'm great at this. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, eighteen days. I mean, it's definitely the longest I've been without smoking and a few years for sure mm -hmm. but it feels different this time like it feels more permanent mm -hmm. i mean i think the most important thing is not i mean obviously not smoking is the most important thing but what's really important is realizing the 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 engine behind smoking i mean mm -hmm. you realizing all those things now and how it affects not just you but other people it's probably going to help you much more in the future than you know you did, for example, one or two years ago when, when you sort of knew you didn't want to smoke, but you didn't see the whole picture. So I I would imagine that's why it feels different as well, right? Because now you have the whole the whole picture of what is happening and you don't really want to lose that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really accurate. And this time it's felt a lot more important to me to like rearrange my habits or how I spend my time too. Um, mm -hmm. cause I do, I feel like there've been times where I've taken breaks or given it up where I, I wasn't smoking, but I also wasn't doing anything else. Uh, like my mm -hmm. whole focus mm -hmm. was just staying sober. And I think that's completely legitimate if that's where you're at. But for me, it wasn't sustainable because I didn't have anything else like I wasn't learning new coping skills or I wasn't mm -hmm, mm -hmm. occupying my time. Um, so I was still thinking about it constantly. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And now, now it feels a little bit like I, I had to check when you asked me how long, cause it hasn't, it hasn't been weighing on me in the same way. That's great. I mean, one of the, one of the things I learned and that was the huge mistake with me as well. When I first, um, you know, when I first went into that, um, I think my first thing was not smoke during the week and then smoke only on the weekends. But then it would be like this weekend thing when I would completely, you know, bazook myself and I wouldn't know, like the, the times I wouldn't smoke during the week, I would just triple it by the weekend. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I relate to that too. Well, what I did is, I remember what I did the first times is I would just sit on the sofa or, for example, I would be at my desk and I would say I wouldn't smoke. But then I wouldn't do anything. And it kind of like, it, it got to the point where I would be like convincing myself for an hour, two hours not to smoke, but I'll, exactly I wouldn't do anything. I would be just sitting there or like, you know, maybe checking my phone and everything. 
And then later on, I realized, and I actually found this from someone else, that the habit, the smoking is the habit. And you cannot just not do it. You cannot just like delete the habit. You have to replace it. So that's, that's probably like, you know, you have to like find something. Okay. You don't, not smoking is good, but not smoking is not going to prevent you from, it's not, you know, you have to go move forward. You have to find something else for the times and then, you know, go onward from that. And yeah. Yeah. It, I think without replacing it, your life is still really revolving around weed, even though you're not using, mm -hmm. like you're still mm -hmm. just thinking about it and, and wanting it and trying to figure it out. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's no, hard. it is. It, it is absolutely. That's yeah. what I'm saying, because actually what you're doing is, is you're just fighting it. You're not trying something else. You're not, you know, you don't, you're not trying to be another person. You're just not smoking. And that's, I think it's hard and it's hard as well. Like I remember the times when, you know, I didn't want to smoke. It was like, I mean, it was horrible. Like it's this, you know, besides the withdrawals the next day and then you're sweating and all this, you know, what it is, but it's just, yeah, it's, um, alrighty. Okay. Well, um, was it any, in terms, I mean, you obviously mentioned, um, your, your partner, are you, are you close with your family as well? Would you say that, um, you smoking weed affected your family in a way as well, or was that not the case with you? Uh, my family, so it's just me and my parents, um, and okay. they both smoke all the time. Um, they, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they, they are both retired, um, and are high all day, every day. Um, okay. Oh, I... which, you know, is, is cool and was really fun. Like, you know, it was really fun to smoke with them and things like that. Uh, and my friends were always really jealous, like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but they, they are supportive. They don't. I think they don't understand my motivations right now. Um, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. When I've talked to them, like they're like, I don't, I don't think you, like they said some of the same stuff that I would tell myself before. I'm like, oh, but you have a master's degree, you have a job, like you're not a stoner, you're fine. Um, or like, oh, you know, like it's good to take a break, but uh, it might not be forever and that's okay. Or, you know, like things like that. I don't think they quite, uh, I think they thought I was being harder on myself when I was talking to them about this, the ways that I think it was negatively impacting me or like the type of person that I felt like I was becoming things I didn't like about myself that mm. my habit really amplified for me. Like, I don't, I don't quite think they, they see the same urgency around it that I do. Um, but yeah, it's going to be weird to go back home with, with that. Like I, I haven't visited them in a while and mm -hmm. it's going to be hard, I think to go back. Um, like, because if your parents are offering you something, it's yeah, harder, yeah, I think, to yeah, say. Absolutely. No. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, I admire you. And I just, I mean, the fact that yeah. you told them, and, you know, that's huge because that, that now means that, you know, you have someone accountable, even though it's not the best person to be accountable, but, you know, you put it out there and you, and you, and you made the choice. And can I ask you what was their like initial reaction when were they surprised or? Um, their initial reaction, I mean, I told them over text, like I, 
Okay. They've said stuff before because I've taken breaks before, you know, and they've been like, I really, it's really cool how you noticed that about yourself and like, good, good for you. Um, so they're supportive. Um, but this time actually they were like a little defensive, I feel like. Uh, That's good. Because I was, <laughs> like I was talking about, um, yeah, all the stuff that we've mentioned and how it's, how it became my hobby and things like that. And um, my mom, who is one of my best friends, like I really respect her and love her a lot. It's like, well, mm -hmm. I don't think that's true for everybody. And I think it's possible to smoke every day and have an okay relationship with it. And like all of this stuff, I don't, I don't know whether or not I agree with that necessarily, but it just, it felt like, it felt like I, she thought I was telling her to quit too, which I totally mm -hmm. wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like they're, they're genuinely very supportive, but also absolutely not going to uh quit <laughs> you know whatever it's fine it it's earned fine. it exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah well that's crazy and i mean i honestly admire um i mean it would for me to have my parents you know um to be in your situation it would probably be 10 times higher and you know i admire the the way you go about it and yeah well thank you Thank you. Mm -hmm. It was funny, actually. I told uh, the my dealer, like the guy I normally buy from, mm -hmm. he was like, "Wow, that's such a big decision. Congratulations!" <laughs> <laughs> like he was very supportive. Uh, wow, that's really that, nice. That's 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 wow. I yeah. <laughs> the first time I told my dealer, he said, "Get the fuck out." And then the oh, second no. time I met him again, he said, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> like he, right, yeah, you know. But really I, I mean. That's that's a normal reaction. I mean, I, I I cannot expect anything else. I mean, I could expect something else, but you know, it's understandable. Like he's losing business or whatever. But right, it's yeah, it's <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was I was blown away by that. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the yeah, that's the sort of the dealer you want out there. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, well, listen, we're sort of coming around the time now. Now, I've got two more questions that I wanted to ask you. Obviously, knowing uh, what you know, um, now, if knowing now from this whole experience and from the journey ways it's been nine years, ten years, yeah, what would you say to someone that is, you know, thinking about quitting and is not really sure? And what what would you say to sort of Give him a bit of motivation and you know, tell him it's it's not that bad as it sounds, and it's definitely doable. Yeah, um, I it's hard at first. Um, I think you get a lot of messages culturally that weed's not addictive, uh, weed's not you know a hard drug, weed's not a big deal, um, and all of that I think is is true can be true but makes it harder to really make a clean break from it i think yeah. um if you have a voice in in the back of your mind telling you that you need to take a break or you need to stop you need to listen to that voice that's not coming from nowhere um and it's going to be hard at first it's it's going to still occupy a big space in your mind at first but the longer you're able to just put one foot in front of the other and not not smoke that minute, not smoke that day, the easier it's going to be. And I also think there have been a lot of times where the like just living in pure reality without that 
you know, film of weed around me feels really hard. Um, my anxiety feels higher. I feel depressed. I feel overwhelmed. Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to be proud of yourself for going through life and living in reality without, without taking yourself out of it. Um, mm -hmm. and to really just, yeah, keep at it and, and notice the victories, the small victories that happen every day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? Kudos to your partner as well. Eh? <laughs> hey, yes, for real. <laughs> He's really patient. And I think if he had, if he had been the one to say like, you need to stop, I, I think it would have been a lot harder. I think I would have been defensive. I think I would have mm -hmm. tried to do it in secrecy. Um, I don't know how he had the patience to do it, but for him to allow me to like arrive at this on my own pace was, was so great. Um, and he's so supportive. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for this. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I really thank you. I know it's, it's hard to come out there, to come here and, you know, talk about this thing, especially because some of them are very personal, but, um, I really appreciate, um, everything we talked about today. Um, this will be edited and it probably go out, not the next week, but the week after, um, I'll shoot you, uh, I'll send you a message over on the Reddit. So, um, it'll be all there, but, um, yeah, thanks so much for this. And, um, as far as your journey goes, just, you know, don't, don't ever give up because I mean, you know, you come so far and I can tell you, it only gets better. It does, it, it there, there are shit days and there might be even, you know, worse days than you think you can handle, but I can guarantee you can handle it. And, um, I always say that the light comes up after the whole shit and then it stays up because um it's it's kind of crazy because weed makes you like live in this bubble and once yeah. you come out of the bubble you realize well i can actually do that i can deal with the emotions i can deal with the bad days um and as you said social anxiety you know i can deal with that as well but i've got to go i've got to get myself out there and the first step you already did the second step is the one that like comes later on so yeah yeah well, yeah, thank you so much for reaching out and thank you for your podcast too. I think it's really helpful for a lot of people, I'm sure. So thank you. <laughs> well, um, I've been in the boat, in that boat. So it's like, I kind of want to get more information out there. And, you know, if it helps one person, I did my job and I really appreciate everyone that comes on board. And, you know, it, it means a lot to sharing this because it's something you don't, necessarily find on the internet and those personal stories are actually will make the difference because people can relate to it and mm -hmm. that that's the whole intention behind the podcast. so yeah well yeah thank you very much i appreciate it it was nice to meet you too and same wise Alrighty, thanks again and um i'll shoot you a message on the on the reddit once this is all edited all right cool thanks all right bye for now bye all righty so that completes episode number 18. Now, first of all, I wanted to say thank you again to our anonymous interviewee. This episode wouldn't be possible without her and her story. Thank you so much for sharing it. 
The second thing I'll say is I realize just listening back to my intro now that there is a bit of a noise in the background. I don't have a clue what it is. It might be something, it might be there's something with the plug or my speakers or my microphones are going haywire, but I do apologize if you do hear any background noise. I'll try to uh, resolve it in the next few um, episodes. Another thing I wanted to say is I've sort of updated my website, which pretty obviously would be mylastjoin.com. So if you got a spare minute, head over to mylastjoin.com. That is, if you're listening to this in February 2022, if you'll be listening to this in the end of the year, hopefully there'll be something else on there. So, but yeah, the website is updated. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate any one of you um, pressing play and listening. It means a lot to me and uh, it also sort of gives me confirmation that what I'm doing is right or with other words today someone out there that wants to listen to what i'm doing so it means a lot it means more than you think it does um if you don't mind press like or follow or subscribe whatever button you got there uh it helps a lot with ranking the podcast higher up in the search results which uh consequently means that more people gets to find this episode uh, gets to find this podcast and yeah Thank you again for being here. Um, make sure to check our website. We got social as well, socials, as in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And um, another thing I wanted to say is, if you're someone that wants to come on onto the podcast, or perhaps you have um, something to say, or perhaps you don't agree with something that was said, my mailbox is always open, and it's info at mylastjoin.com. Alrighty, that's all for today. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye now.